Blog Talk Radio.
somebody prayed for me, this is how I got to where I am today. Yeah, somebody prayed for me. Hallelujah. Preferably, I'm thanking my mom and dad. Yeah, they prayed for me. Others in, in the church prayed for me. I was trained in the way that I should go so that when I get old, I won't depart. And when I got older, I couldn't. I had to come to Jesus just as I was. I was weary, wounded, and sad. Hallelujah. But I found in him a resting place. So today I can truly say he has made me glad. Oh, yeah, I'm thankful unto him. I was sinking deep in sin, far, very far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, I was sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. And from the water that he lifted me, today I can say, safe am I. Love, his love, he is love, lifted me. My lips weren't moving, but he heard my heart's cry. Yeah, and he came to see about me. And I'm so glad he did this morning. It made me a better person. It taught me his ways. And uh, it taught me was pleasing and acceptable unto him. It taught me how not to be confused about nothing. Yeah, all I do is pray and ask for understanding. And he come in. And this is what he give, especially spiritual. The quickest way to move God is with spiritual things. Hallelujah. And so we're thankful unto him. Let's pray right quick, and then we're going in with the testimony. And after the testimony, we're going to a song, announcement, and uh, we're still in the book of Joshua today, starting at the 22nd verse. Hallelujah. Joshua 22. I'm thankful for the book of Joshua, and I've taken it personal, what God told Joshua. Yeah, be strong and of a good courage. Yeah, be courageous. Hallelujah. It will make you an amazing person if we could follow the instructions of God to the letter. Hallelujah. Take some work. But Jesus come to teach us and to show us in the human form we yet could be spiritual. We yet could obey the Father. Yeah, so I'm thankful uh, unto him this morning. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for another Tuesday morning. Thank you for this brand new day and this new week that you woke us up, closed in our right minds with the use and activity of our limbs. Father, we thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for all you've done already this morning. Thank you for what you're doing right now and what you're going to do. You yet blessed us this day, and we're grateful unto you. Almighty God, Jehovah, hallelujah, that have all power. There's no higher power. We come this morning, <clears throat> Father, thanking you for things we forget, things we take for granted, things we don't remember that you've done for us. We come this morning thanking you and asking, Father, forgiveness of all our sins and wrongdoings, wrong thoughts, wrong speaking, wrong feelings what we've forgotten. God, forgive us this morning and give us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. <clears throat> Excuse me. A spirit that will lead and guide us in the right path for your namesake. 
Give us, Father, the spirit to obey you. Give us the energy to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. Help us to work unto you while it's day. When night come, we can't see. And we ask that if we haven't been doing these things, that, Father, you will forgive us. And again, give us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us this day. In the name of Jesus, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you this morning for forgiving us. Thank you for speaking to our hearts and minds. Thank you for giving us another chance that you've cleaned our slate and made it brand new for us today. It's like we've just been born unto you today, so we thank you for it. We thank you. We thank you. We can't say thank you enough for all you've done. And Father, we come this morning asking that you would lead and guide us this day again in the right path for your name's sake. Give us a heart and mind to follow your lead, not our own. Help us to come out of our flesh and walk in the spirit with you. That we don't fulfill the lust of this old flesh because it's a lust for Father. Help us this morning to let this lust for flesh die so that you can live. Your spirit will live in us and through us and we will walk accordingly. And the world will know that we are for you and you are for us in the name of Jesus. Bless each and every home represented here today. Each and every person, oh God, bless today. Bless their families, bless their friends in the name of Jesus, near and far, oh God. We know you're able. Father, we know that you have all power. Hallelujah. There's no higher power. Do it for us this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we cry out for our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, that, Father, you would move for them, that you would send your protecting angels to stand watch over them, to shield and protect, keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus, we come this morning, Father, asking that you would heal those that are sick. And, Lord, I ask today that you would heal those that are having poor circulation in their bodies of God, in their brain, in their feet, in their heart, in their legs, wherever it's at, oh God, today, I ask that you would release circulation in the bodies today in the name of Jesus. Father, heal heart problems, heal kidney problems, whatever is going on today, our problems, God, Whatever illness is going on with your people here, we ask this morning in the name of Jesus that you would heal us. Father, there are things we would like to do again. Some would like to play with their grandchildren. Some would like to run a marathon. God, some would just like to simply walk fast one more time. We ask that you would do it this morning in the name of Jesus. Whatever ailment, whatever illness, whatever disease, Whatever it is, the lame, God, you cause them to walk, the blind to see. You raise the dead. Do it here, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you this morning. We know that you hear all manner of sickness and disease. Father, we know this morning you took a beating for the healing of the nation, and as you had healing in the hem of your garment. And we press in this morning to touch the hem so that we all can be healed Whatever it may be, mental, physically, whatever, oh God, do it today. 
in the name of Jesus. We trust you. We believe you first off. We believe you, God. And we trust you. And we are leaning not to our own understanding when it comes to healing. But Father, we acknowledge in you with every pain, with every ache, knowing that God, you would touch and heal, you direct the healing in our bodies in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. Father, we pray for those that are incarcerated, that you would bless those that are in every branch of the military. Bless, Father, the administration of our military. Bless today in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask that you would bless widowers and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people. Father, preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Israel and Jerusalem, bless, bless this morning. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask that you would bless all our brothers and sisters overseas. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to move in America upon our leadership. God bless, give them the right mind and heart to lead the people according to your will, not their own. In the name of Jesus, bless the segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today. Move by your spirit today, O oh God, right here in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we ask that you would have your way here among your people and that you would bless and work miracles here today. Give uncommon miracles, uncommon favor, uncommon blessings right here upon your people today. August the 8th, 2023. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. And anything that we've forgotten, Father, we ask that you would take it up. For, Lord, we're human and humans forget. So we're asking that, Lord, you would do it for us today. In the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to his majesty. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit, your love, your grace, your mercy, all you've given unto us. We thank you this morning. Can't say thank you enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Unto almighty God. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. Can't thank you enough this day. I will grateful unto you. We appreciate you this morning, Father. And we love you. We love you today. Hallelujah. It was you who first loved us. Oh, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Grateful, grateful this morning unto him. Because he's done great and mighty things for us. There's none like him. None. We can search all over. Won't find anybody. Nobody greater than the God that we serve, Almighty God, Jehovah. Yeah, he's got it all under control today. And uh, again and again and again and again, we thank him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're moving right along this morning. And uh, this morning when we come back, we'll come back with one more song. And after the song, uh, we'll give... uh, Maybe a few words of encouragement and announcement, and then we're going to the book of Joshua. I try to do it right at 8 o'clock. That way, it's our day. 9 o'clock, we do testimonies. Hallelujah. We open the studio up. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're moving a little further. 
My mother was born in a family that had nine brothers. Nine brothers. Five of them were medical doctors. Four of them were engineers. And within one year, all the nine brothers died. The five medical doctors died in a day. On the 31st of December, they met, they ate, they drank, and none of them woke up from eating. The doctors checked for food poisoning. The doctors checked for all kinds of foul means, uh, foul uh, methods or whatever happened, but they found nothing. So the five doctors died in a day and were buried in a day. Within the course of the year, the other nine brothers died of accidents. Left with my mother and the twin sister. My mother is a twin. And my grandmother, that is my mother's mother, my grandmother had six sisters. Within that same year, all the six sisters died. The six sisters, none of them had a baby. None of them had a child. Within that same year, distant relatives like uncles and cousins, we had almost 56 people dying in one family that particular year. It left my mother in a state of deep poverty. So my mother entered into prostitution. And in the course of the prostitution, I was conceived. Those days, there was not that knowledge to protect yourself with the accessories that we have today. So she conceived. And pregnancy for a prostitute is a liability. It's not an asset. So my mother decided to abort this baby. And she tried seven times and the baby would not come out. She tried unconventional means to get rid of the baby. It would not work. So on the seventh attempt, she went to a hospital in Takrade, that is a Kabo city in Ghana, to get rid of the baby, to do a DNC and get rid of the baby. And at the hospital, she met a doctor called Dr. Bernard, who was a German doctor practicing in Ghana, West Africa. The doctor looked at my mom and said, don't kill this baby. If you give birth to this baby, I will take care of the baby for the rest of his life. So my mother heeded that advice and did not kill the baby. At the seventh month, the baby was born, but the baby was not breathing. So the nurses picked up the baby, was about to release the baby into the bean, into the trash can. Dr. Bernard was not on duty that day, but strangely, he happened to show up at the exact time when the nurses were about to release the baby in the can. Opened the door and saw them releasing the baby and said, what are you doing? He said, the baby is dead. And he said, give me the baby. He took the baby, put the baby in the incubator, sat down from morning to one minute past twelve midnight, looking in the incubator, sitting down quietly drinking his coffee 
And one minute past twelve, the baby started breathing. And that baby is Bernard today. And my birthday, it's strange, my birthday is the 12th of January, 12-1. So one minute past 12, I started breathing, and my birthday is the 12th of January. So now I'm on to a prostitute mother, saw my mother still in prostitution. People would come in and uh, do whatever they want to do, and when they are leaving, they would say all kinds of horrible things to her. And as a little boy, I quite remember... After they have said these things, I feel so horrible and bad. I remember days when they will hurt her in the process of doing whatever they are doing. And I will pick up a towel, put it in water and and clean her up through the night. Sorry. As a little boy, I had a lot of questions in my in my heart. One day, my mother came home and said, "I have found a job. Got a job. I'm going to be a maid servant to one of the." army officers in the country so we went to the house the man gave us his garage and we used to sleep with the dogs in the garage and the food that were given to the dogs were better than ours so normally when they serve the dogs meals we would eat the dogs meals those dogs later on died nobody knew who killed them but I, I know because we were eating their food at night, this man would leave his wife upstairs and come downstairs into the, in the garage and have sex with my mother. And he would beat her up after the event not to tell anybody. And as a little boy, I would watch my mother. And, and he would not let me go out of the garage. He would let me stand and see what is happening. And as a little boy... was very tough for me and he would beat my mother and you would have blood all over the nose and the mouth and through the night I have to be cleaning the blood I have questions but I couldn't ask them one day he came home he said I cannot take care of two people it's either you stay and your mother go or your mother stay and you, and, and you walk away so as a little boy, I remember just walking around the house and I left the house. Strayed and ended on the streets. I went to a place where you have these big uh, buses, the, uh, the government buses that carries people from one city to another. And I hid myself in one of the buses down the bus where you park the luggage where the luggages are packed down there. I hid myself there. I don't know how I survived. It's because it's very hot down there. 
but I hid myself there, went down, went to sleep. I woke up with vo- I hearing voices and kicked my way out, and it was the capital city of Ghana. And it was a market area, a shopping center, a market area. And that is where I lived most of my life. Picking up food from the ground, eating from the ground. I would go to the garbage dump, the trash can, and pick up food from there and eat. And normally on the streets, if you have money, the other strong guys will beat you and take the money. So normally on the streets, I will be begging for money, but when I get the money, I would quickly buy food, buy something with it. And I decided to do something, and that is I will help people carry their groceries to their cars. So when they come and, and do groceries, I will quickly run to them and say, please, will you help me carry your, I mean, your groceries? And I would just hold their groceries and take it to the car. One day, I helped a lady to carry the groceries to the car. She looked at me and said, I had a dream and I saw a little boy like you. Just your face. And she looked at me and said, follow me. And she took me to her home. She gave me her garage. That was my second garage. She gave me her garage. So I used to clean the house, you know, do all the works, you know, the laundry and everything, and she will give me some food to eat. Seventeen months after I entered the house, this precious lady was going to work, was coming back home, had a car accident and died. Mm. My hopes were shattered. I ended up on the street again. Saints, beloved, if God has an investment in you, the devil will not clap for you. If God has an investment in you that will bless people, if God has placed something in you that will be a blessing, Satan will not be your friend. He will throw anything he can at you. But God always wins. So I ended up on the streets again, picking up food from the ground, and still helping people carry their groceries to their car. My brothers and sisters, always use what you have. Always use, no matter how insignificant it is, no matter how, how low people look at it, whatever God has given you, use it. If He gave you hands, use it. If He gave you eyes, see. Whatever He gave you, use it. All I had was time. All I had was my hands, and I was helping people carry the groceries. The, one day I met a man. He looked at me. His name is Mr. Boating. He looked at me. He said, you know what? Follow me. I want to take you home. I want to take you to my house. So I followed this man. He took me home, and he also gave me his garage. That was my third garage. And I used to sleep with a dog called Sharp. Sharp's meals were sumptuous. Very good meals. They would serve the meal of Sharp on a plate. And I will never forget, this man was a Christian leader in the church. They would cook, and I would help cook the food, do everything clean, and he would tell me, don't touch the food. And they would eat, and they would have enough left, but I'm not supposed to touch it. They will pour the leftover in a trash can and I'm supposed to carry it to the garbage dam. So normally when I'm going to the garbage dam, I will 
I would I would stop and and eat the food from the garbage can. He never told me about Jesus. I never knew anything about God. Yet they prayed in the house every day. So as a little boy, I had conflicting perception of what, who God is or who Jesus is. Uh, who, who, I mean, I, 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 I was confused. I would go the whole day, at times three, four days without food in the house. And I'll still be cleaning and doing every work I have to do. Now later on, Sharp died because I was eating the meal of Sharp. I was caught a lot of a couple of times I was beating but I continued because that was the only means to survive. This man had four boys and a special teacher that comes in every time to teach them. Between the study room and the garage there's a little hole through the door. And when they are teaching them when they, these children are being taught I would look through that hole and that is how I learned how to read and write. S-O-S-O, T-O-2, one plus one, two. One day my boss caught me looking through that hole. He gave me a messless beating I will never forget. He said, what, what use are you? I mean, you, there's no use for you. you. Do you even know what you are being taught? He picked up an iron rod. I still have the scars on my back after today. My flesh was torn. Blood was just oozing out. He was just beating me. You have no business looking through the hole. You're supposed to sleep and wake up and clean the house and do the job here. You have no business looking through the hole. In the process of beating me, he asked me, what is the past tense of go? Because they were teaching them tenses. And I looked at him and I said, gone. With tears in my eyes. He was shocked. He said, join them. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He said, join them. So every day I'll clean the house, do whatever I have to do. In the evening, I will sit at table and study with them. When they go to school, I'll pick up their notebooks and I'll study. The boys started liking me, so they used to give me little coins. And when they give me the money, I'll go and dig the ground and bury the money there. That was my bank. One day I was sent to buy an indigenous African food called Kenke. I was sent to buy that food in that area. On the street, I met a teacher of one of the primary schools. He looked at me and said, Bernard, I've heard that you, you, are, you are very studious. You study. Well, they are registering for the common entrance examination. It's an examination that takes you to the high school. He said, Bernard, if you have money, I will register you to write these exams. So I said, hold on a minute. And I ran. I would never forget this. Never forget this. I ran to the place where I buried the money. That was my bank. And I took those pieces. I took those coins. I brought everything out of the ground and brought it to him. He looked at me. There were tears in his eyes. He said, Bernard, this is nothing. But I will pay for you to write these exams. He paid for me to write the exams. I sat the exams, never been to school anywhere. I, I wrote the exams and passed with distinction. Thank you so much, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. 
Now the time is up for me to leave the house for the secondary school, for the high school. I have to go to school. It's a boarding school and I got my first choice. But none of the people in the house knew that I had written the exams. None of them knew that I had written an exam and passed and I'm supposed to go to high school. So the D-Day is up. I had to run away from the house. I left that house with two shirts and two short pants. No footwear. I wore my first, my first footwear when I was 15 years old. So my foot was on the ground. As, as of today, as, 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 as I'm speaking right now, it's a record in the school. I'm the only student that have come to that school without a footwear. So I entered the school without a footwear, no pens, no books, nothing. I still have classmates today that are amazed. They used to laugh at me. I had no mattress. I used to sleep on the floor, on the bare floor. I used to steal sheets from the notebooks of my classmates. Then I'll be able to write the notes. When school vacates, I have nowhere to go. You see people's mothers and fathers hugging them, getting their bags in a car, and one of my shirts got messed up, so I, 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 I redesigned it into a school bag. So I will be holding that with tears in my eyes, and I have nowhere to go. Thank God for Mr. Addison, one of the teachers in my school. He will look at me and say, Bernard, you can leave with us on campus till school reopen." So I will live with this family and clean and do. And he also gave me his garage. So school reopened. As a matter of fact, on campus, I was a very, very tough person. I trusted nobody. I never smiled. You would never see me smile. My brothers and sisters, when you see people out there who are very adamant and cold, don't take it personal. There are scars and wounds within. There are battles they are fighting within. Don't take it personal. I had no friends. I don't talk to anybody. As a matter of fact, when I enter the classroom, they, all the students who begin to push their tables and chairs away from me because I stink on my body. I had this bad odor on my body because I had no soap to bath with. Normally, I wait until the students take their bath in the main bathroom and I'll go and pick up the pieces of soap that they've left behind, squeeze it together, that would take me for a day. But one day a senior, senior student, caught me looking, uh, doing that, and he said, Bernard, never touch the soaps again. So now I had no soap to bath with. So I had this bad order. When I entered the classroom, all the students would begin to move away. I had no friend, never trusted anybody. I was so adamant and cold. As a, as, a, as, a, as a matter of fact, it got to a point I couldn't cry. The fourth year, now all this period, I had lost contact with my mother. The fourth year in high school, I was sleeping on the floor in the dormitory. All the students had gone to study. I was not feeling well. So I had... I had locked the dormitory, had the keys in my hand, and I was sleeping on the floor. Nobody in the dormitory because I had the key. And I had a dream. Everybody say a dream. Say a dream. And in the dream, two men were holding two spears, about to drive it through my left leg. And I woke up from the dream physically, and I saw myself bleeding when I woke up from the dream, I saw myself bleeding. 
And I still have the scar up to today. That is the scar right here. That is the two scars right here. It was just a dream. But when I woke up physically, I was bleeding. There was blood all over. I was in a pool of blood. This leg began to swell. It became so big. It was swollen. I started losing strength in my waist. The school authorities took me to the hospital. And the doctor said, it's either we amputate your leg or you'll be crippled and never walk again. But nobody in the school, even my head teachers, were prepared to pay for the money to do the amputation or to do the best they could. Because, they, I mean, the, the, the doctor said, the best we can is to give you injections and give you medication to see what happens. But the leg is so bad. But none. There was no help from anywhere. So over a period of time, this other leg began to swell, became big, bloated, and started getting rotten. And I lost strength in my waist, and I was crippled. The doctor said, you never walk again. School was about to go on vacation, so Mr. Addison took me in his house, Give me the garage and lock the garage. As a matter of fact, die in there quietly. The garage was locked so I couldn't get myself out. And I didn't have the privilege of a wheelchair. So I dragged myself on the floor. I eased myself on the floor. So you can imagine what was in the garage. Stinch. Everything was messed up there, and they had left me to die. Nobody would even come in with water or food. There was only a little window that gave me fresh air from outside the, 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 the garage. The garage was locked. And I had no strength to push my way out. I remember those days. My mind was empty in the sense that I, had, I was not thinking of any anything. I was just getting ready to die. The 12th of January was my birthday. As a matter of fact, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't know anything about birthdays anyway. The brightest lights begin to shine through that window. And I turned to look at that light. It nearly blinded my eyes. And a voice spoke to me through that, that light. He said, Bernard, rise up. I want to send you to the world to reveal the love and the power of my son. The power of that voice lifted me from the ground and I started walking. I pushed my way out of the garage. I kicked my way out of the garage. It's, I, up to today, I can't describe what it was, but, but I had such strength. I pushed my way out of the garage. The head teacher's house is close to the girls' dormitory. School had gone on vacation, but the last year students were waiting on campus preparing for their final exams. So the girls' dormitory is close to the head teacher's house. The girls were sitting on the porch, and they saw me come out of the garage walking, and they knew I would never walk. As a matter of fact, people thought at any moment they will announce that Bernard was dead. People had even written, you know, tributes. Students had written 
tributes. So I came out, the girls saw me walking. They were so amazed. As a matter of fact, they told me there was a white pigment on my face. Like a cloud, a white pigment, like a cloud on my face. So some were running away, others too were shouting and screaming, Bernard, what's happening? You're walking. And some were able to master courage, run towards me to ask what is happening. And when they asked me what is happening, they told me later that I started speaking. And when I started speaking, I started speaking a funny language. A language that is not Ghanaian, a language they don't know. But I remember I went blank. There was, there was, I, I couldn't remember anything. But they told me I was speaking a funny language. And they thought I was crazy. So they asked for the school bus to take me to the hospital. And when they took me to the hospital, was a 56-year-old woman called Mother Alice. Born again, spirit-filled. This lady had no child all her life. And God promised her, I will give you a son. And through that son, thousands and millions of souls will come to Christ Jesus. And for years, she has held on that prophecy. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. For years, she has held on at that prophecy. She believed that it would happen. So when they brought me and I was speaking this funny language, she looked at the students and looked at the head teacher. Uh, who came along with them. He said, listen, this boy is not crazy. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. The call of God is upon his life. And this is a promise of God to me. I got revived in her home. She took me home. I got revived there. And I'm wondering where I, where, 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 where I am. Where, 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 where am I? And she said this. She said, welcome home, son. Welcome home, son. That was the first time I've heard any human being speak that way. That's the first time. Welcome home, son. Words like, I'm proud of you. I love you. These words were strange to me. Mother Alice sat down and started helping me to understand what had happened to me. As a matter of fact, my heart was so light. All the bitterness and all the pain was gone. I remember she would wake up early morning, around 3 a.m., come lay her hands on me, and she would pray in tongues and prophesy over my life. She bought me a little book, notebook. She said, Bernard, write down everything God says to you. She would come to me and said, Bernard, the day is coming. God, God is going to take you to London, England, to school, preparing for ministry. And from London, England, God will take you to 44 countries in bringing forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only to people, but even to government officials. And from there, he will take you to America and shoot you like an arrow of deliverance across the nations of the earth. He said, write these things down. And many other things that God said through her. Three years after, one morning, Mother Alice calls me on her bed. She was not sick. She said, son, it's time for me to go home. I said, go home where? And with her little eyes, she looked at me and said, Son, my work is done. I have to go to meet the Lord. I need to be with Jesus. My work is done. And I remember very well. It was one of the most painful days of my life. It's like God was taking everything away from me. She was the only person 
that really taught me what love was. She taught me the ways of God. And I looked at her and I said, Mother, no, no. Everything in me was against it. But she took me by my neck and said, Son, come here. I don't have time. And I quite remember looking into her eyes. She said, Son, the day is coming. I remember asking her, I said, what do I do to thank you? She said, son, the day is coming when thousands and millions of souls, directly or indirectly, will respond to the glorious gospel of Jesus through you. And I'll be standing at the right hand of Jesus in heaven. And I will touch him by the shoulder. And I'll tell Jesus, that's my boy. And those were her last words. And she died in my hands. know she's up there. How I miss her many times. It's like the end of the road for me. Who's going to help me? Who's going to teach me? Who's going to love me? Who's going to do it? But she, she's taught me to relate with other Christian families. So she said, Bernard, when I go, you stay with that particular family. Pointed at a particular family. Said, go to them and tell them, I said, you should stay with them. I screamed. I cried. I prayed. I said, God, raise them back to life. But it did not work. My friend, beloved, there are moments in life when you lose the most dearest thing. The most dearest thing. The most dearest people in your life. But through the years I've come to learn that God is still good. He's good. In spite of all that, He is still God and He's good and He knows why. I had questions. I lived with this family. They were Christian leaders in the church. They gave me their garage too. I had no bed to sleep on. I sleep on the floor. I clean the house, do all the dishes. All I had was my little Bible and my little notebook that I wrote all the prophecies in there. So I clean, I'll do all the work and in the afternoon I'll go on the streets and preach and tell others about the love of Christ. And at times I can go for weeks Without good food. In the sense that they will eat. Have enough. And throw it away in the can. And Bernard is not supposed to touch it. As a matter of fact most of the time. The food would get messed up in the refrigerator. And when they are about to throw it away. They will give it to me for me to eat. As of today I wonder how I did not die and survive. God can protect his own. He does protect his own. So I'll go on the streets and preach and tell others about the Lord. And I'll never forget. One day, on the street, I met this gentleman. And the Holy Spirit will speak to me audibly through my ears. Bernard, this man is a cocaine dealer. He deals with drugs. 
tell him to give his heart to me. Or in three days time he's going to be arrested, he's going to die in jail. And end up in hell. And those days I, I had not learned how to handle the gifts of God. So when God says it, I repeat it. So when God said the man was a cocaine dealer, if it was today the approach would be different. But then I shouted, hey, you, you were a cocaine dealer. And the guy just held my neck. And while he held my neck, I was still speaking. Mm. So he let me out. He saw my boldness. He said, what did you say? I said, you were a cocaine dealer. If you, if you don't give your heart to Jesus, three days time you'll be arrested, you die, you go to hell. The man was so shocked, he looked at me and said, how do you know these things? The long story ends, I lead him to Christ Jesus. He gave his heart to Jesus. Lay my hands on him right at the street side where we stood. He fell on the floor. He came, I just got him up. He looked at me and said, where do you live? I pointed where I lived. But my boss had told me, don't bring any visitors to the house. So I told him, this is where I live, but you can't come there. That man really got changed, found himself in a local church, began to grow in the word of God, and founded the first shoe factory in Ghana, West Africa. Now this man changed. I didn't know what has happened later on. But one day he's on a flight to London, England for legitimate business. And he sat close to a friend who used to be in the drug trade. So the friend looked at him and said, are you carrying a drug? He said, no, I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. I've given my life to Jesus. I don't do these things again. He said, what happened? The man told him, a little boy called Bernard, I mean, recounted the whole story. So this man told this brother that is born again, he said, you know, I want to meet that boy. So one day I'm home cutting the grass, cleaning up, and I saw these two guys coming. One looks very serious, but the other is smiling. I realized the other smiling was the man I led to Christ. But this guy who looked serious came up to me and said, you, you told him what? I was so afraid. I told him, I said, please, can we pray? The safest place to be is in the spirit. Because nobody can find you anyway. I said, please, let's pray. So I wanted to say Jesus. I said, gee, the sus did not come. All I heard was boom. The guy was on the floor. I was very glad. Most people, most people who don't believe in the surprises of the Holy Spirit are people who are not soul winners. If you are a soul winner, if you love people, if you want to see people change, you need all that God has. I mean, you need all the power that the Holy Spirit gives. This man was on the floor. I was very happy. After a while, I said, no, it's time for my boss to come home. This guy must get up. And I'm trying to lift him up, and he goes back. And I'm telling the other guy, help me lift him up. He said, no, I'm afraid. And I'm shaking. My boss is coming home. Three hours, 13 minutes before this guy got revived. That day my boss was late. I believe angels met my boss and told him, you're not going to like what you see there. Don't even try. Don't try. Don't go home. After three hours, 13 minutes, he got up. 
he looked at me, he said something spoke to me in a serious manner when I was down there to take you to London, England to school. I said, hold on a minute, what did you say? He said, something warned me to take you to London, England. I said, hold on. I went and brought my little book, prophecy book, and opened the book to him of what God has said through Mother Alice. That same week, that man flew out of, of Ghana to England to Finsbury Park Center for International Christian Ministries, one of the best Bible colleges, paid my two-year fees, came back that same week, held my hand to the British Embassy, guaranteed with his passport, got me a visa, gave me 2,000 pounds, and waved goodbye. And up to today, I can't find this man. We can't even find anybody that is related to him. In case he shows up in your neighborhood, tell him Bernard is seeking for him. I'm really searching for this guy. I just want to say thank you. We trace, trying to find any family he's related to. Some of my pastor friends think he's an angel. But in case you meet him anywhere, I'm looking for him. We can't trace, trace even anybody related to him in any way. The school is a day school. School had not reopened yet. I need a family in London to live with and go to school. Christian brothers and sisters gave me addresses of families to contact so I will leave with the families and go to school. None of them return my calls. The arm of flesh will fail you. Don't build your hopes on people's promises. Are you here? Don't build your hopes on human beings. The arm of flesh will fail. Build your hopes on the promises of God. For it is sure, it is dependable, and it will not fail. The D-Day is up, I'm at Heathrow Airport, and I don't know where to live. School had not reopened yet. I came out of immigration just by writing the address of the school. And at the airport, at Heathrow Airport, I'm wondering, God, where am I going to live? It's very cold. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me audibly. He said, Bernard, you see that lady there? The lady looked like this lady. Honey, stand, please. Sweetie, okay, good. Now, what color is this lady? It's not white. You don't know your colors. This is white. <laughs> Have you ever seen a person like this? Talk to your children. They're going to help you with colors. Seriously. You've never seen a white person. Some of you are thinking, then what color am I? Find it. But this is not white. God didn't say a white lady. God said that lady. And if you know your colors, you know there's no black, it's brown. <laughs> so, the, so this black and white thing, I don't know where it came from. So God said that lady. And I told you I was a bush boy, that from the ground, no manners. I didn't know how to handle the gifts of the Spirit. It's one thing to be anointed, it's one thing to be gifted, it's another thing to handle the gift in such a way that it edifies, it builds, it corrects, and it gives Jesus glory. I didn't know that. If it was today, I would have excused the lady. Good morning, lady, how are you doing? Did you drink tea or coffee this morning? You know, strike an acquaintance and get the word of God through. But then, when God said, 
that lady, God said, that lady has AIDS. In those days, AIDS was not known. She has AIDS. Heal her. That was the order. Heal her. Because later on reading the Bible, I realized Jesus said, heal the sick. Say, heal her. She has AIDS. So I shouted, hey, lady. The Holy Spirit said, you have AIDS. And the lady started running away. And I also started chasing her. I followed her. And the lady called the police. And the police came around and warned me. and said, don't bother her. And I remember when I saw the police coming, I looked up, I said, God, we are in trouble. And God said, and God said no, we are not in trouble. You are in trouble. <laughs> so the police walked away, and I'm saying, God, but you said it. And I said, the lady's not here. God said, don't worry, she heard you, and what you said was true. She, she's going to come back. Just stand where you are. So I saw the lady coming back going, said what's your name I said Bernard where are you going I don't know the lady was shocked said, and closer she came and I said what God said was true she said yes but how do you know I said the Holy Spirit told me Jesus loves you wants to heal if it was today I would excuse her in a corner somewhere to pray right at the terminal I laid my hands upon her and bam she hit the floor and the police came back again And now I look up and I can't say, God, we are in trouble. I couldn't say that. And, and, and I'm thinking, whoa, I'm, I'm, I'm really in trouble here. They shook the lady and asked her, will you press charges? And the lady said, no, it's personal. Miss Woods is her name. She said, follow me. She took me to her home. Gave me a room, eight-bedroom house outside London. She said, take one of the bedrooms. Dr. Deroyd was the vice president of the Atheist Association in Great Britain for 22 years. There's a multi-millionaire that has used millions of pounds to spread the philosophy that there is no God. He was the doctor who did the exam examination to find the AIDS virus in Miss Woods. So Miss Woods goes back to Dr. Deroyd and guess what? Series of tests are done. And every singular and iota of HIV virus has disappeared out of the body. Jesus, Hallelujah. the healer. Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Miss Woods is healed. Dr. Deroyd gives his life to Jesus, confesses him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. So Miss Woods and Dr. Deroyd now carries this medical reports from church to church, from schools to schools, and testify of what the Lord has done. That lady paid for all my books in Bible college. That lady bought me clothes for the winter in England. She took care of me. So now I'm going to school from Monday to Friday. By Friday, there is an invitation to Germany to preach, to minister. So Friday, I'm gone. Saturday, Sunday. Sunday evening, I'm back. Monday, I'm in school. 
before I realize I'm invited to the Labour Party meeting to pray before they start. There's a wrangling going on in the party. Everybody wants to be the leader. Key people like Margaret Beckett, Gordon Brown, John Prescott, key people. So this little boy shows up to pray before they start their thing. But in the prayer, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and said, Tony Blair is going to be the Prime Minister and it's going to be a long time. And specific things that will happen in the nation of Britain, of, of UK. So I started sharing these things. I said them. God said, say, say them. And guess what? what? And this is during the prayer. So I realized all of them had opened their eyes going, who is this crazy guy? Because nobody knew Tony Blair. Nobody knew him anyway. He was just one of those members of the party. They were squabbling and fighting for position and leadership. So guess what? Days after, through their, their, their wranglings going on, they decided we all going to lose. We need a neutral person to step up for the leadership of the Labour Party. And guess what? Tony Blair shows up. So Tony Blair now becomes the Prime Minister and invites this little boy to 10 Downing Street. I remember very well walking in there. I didn't know how to... <laughs> and I'm in still in Bible school. So guess what? Every week I'm in another nation ministering, come back and go to school. One day Philip Moore from Conroe, Texas, my... Bible uh, school dean looks at me and says, Bernard, come here, meet me at the office. Bernard, we have to graduate you. Now, this is a year before graduation. Bernard, you, we need to graduate you. I said, why? He said, you can't tell not, uh, any of your students, of your, of, your, of, your, of your classmates, but we have to graduate you. He said, Bernard, you see these tongues of letters? These letters are coming from different parts of the world because we are teachers from different parts of the world coming to teach in the Bible school every week. And some of them come, and Bernard, through you, some of them get saved. Some of them get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Their lives are changed. Their marriages are transformed. Their ministries are vibrant. And we see you being the first student to be in school, cleaning up, making sure everything is done. And when there are no teachers, we see you teaching your own class. And the teachers are writing to us that we are wasting your time. You are way ahead of your, of your classmates. We have to release you. So after much consideration and prayer, Bernard, we have to graduate you. So they called me in the, in, the, in the principal's office and put this black gown on me. And the heart, I will never forget, the dean lays hands on me and pass out. The assistant dean lays hands on me and pass out too. The secretary will not try. So I'm thinking, God, who is going to really release me out there? Who is going to really pray for me? So I'm out of Bible school. And one thing leads to another. Telephone calls begin to come from key government leaders. And God began to speak through this clay and said, this and this is what is going to happen in this nation. This person is going to come. At a time when President Yeltsin was on, Jesus spoke through this clay. He said, this is going to happen. Somehow, somewhere, you need to change your strategy. Appoint somebody to take over. And President Putin goes up. One person after another, key strategic leaders of nations, began somehow, way to link up with this clay because of what Jesus is and what he was doing at that time. Amen. 
Now, during that time, I still had no contact with my mother. I couldn't find her. One day, a pastor visits me, and, and he's a well-renowned minister. He said, God, God said I should take you to the United States of America. And God said, God had told me you would go there. You remember the prophecies from Madalis? But God told me, no, no, not this time. Don't go. But you see, I said, God, but you said I should go. This, also, this man of God is also saying he wants to take me. It's the same. And God said, no, 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 you don't have to go. This man gives me letters and everything. Go to the embassy, get the visa. I'm at the embassy and the police show up and said, Bernard, you are under arrest. I said, what is this? The man of God has reported that his passports and his letters and all, all kinds of documents is missing. Somebody has stolen it. And if anybody shows up at the embassy with it, the person should be arrested. So talk about disappointment from the brethren. And God said, you have to pass the test. You cannot hate him. You cannot hate him. So guess what? I have handcuffs on my hand. I'm about to get into the police car. But the Ivory Coast ambassador's son had come to the embassy for a visa. And he saw the handcuffs on my hand. He called his father and said, Father, something is happening here. Prophet Bernard is in, in, is in handcuffs. So he, the ambassador, called the U.S. ambassador and said, what's happening in your consulate? This and this, I know this fellow. So just before I get into the car, there is a call for the police people to come in again. They meet the ambassador, and guess what? The Ivory Coast ambassador shows up and said, I know this person, what's the problem? He said, ah, this passport, because the pastor gave me his passport with letters to guarantee for the visa. He said, these passports and all that are, 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 are reported missing. And we are told to arrest anybody that shows up with it. And he said, no, I know this person. Okay, we need to talk to the pastor to find out the truth. And we called and called and he would not pick up his phone. So that case was squashed. But then they looked at me and said, Bernard, we've already entered this in the computer. You cannot travel to the United States for 10 years. And there's nothing we can do about it. And I can imagine God saying, I told you. And I'm saying, God, but you have to change it. I repent. I'm wrong. Forgive me. But if you said I will be in the United States and this and this is what is going to happen, God, you have to do something about it. My brothers and sisters, a time in the hands of God, certain things can go wrong. Are you here with me? Certain things can go wrong in our lives, though we are still in His hands. But God can still remold us. He can still redesign us. Amen. So one day I'm home. And a telephone call comes, bam. And I'm thinking, what is this? This is the vice president of the United States, Dan Quayle. My daughter is sick. Doctors have, di have discovered cancer in her and they have given her days to die. So the Holy Spirit spoke through the clay again and said, what is in her hand? She's holding a glass of water, she said, yes. And I said, drink that glass of water, and every trade of cancer will disappear. And when Jesus said that through the clay, she obeyed. And she drank that water. And days after, series of tests showed that every trade of cancer had just evaporated out of the body, healed by the power of God. Hallelujah.
So guess what? I'm home one day and there's a knock on my door. And these are personnel from the U.S. Embassy. You are needed in America by the Vice President. And I'm, I'm looking at them going, I can't go to America for 10 years. My visa thing is messed up. And they look at me laughing. The Vice President of the United States <laughs> needs you there. And I'm thinking, what? He said, please get some clothes. So I got some clothes and I'm, I'm thinking, where are they going to take me? Straight to one of the Air Force bases. They got me into a little jet and shh, the United States. And walking through the White House. And I'm thinking, God, am I dreaming? I mean, I couldn't even speak. I was shaking like a leaf. You know, when your two legs, two legs knock each other having fellowship, you know, I'm just shaking. I just, and I, I can imagine one angel will slap me and go, Bernard, come on, remember why you are here. You know, I, I was wondering. So one thing leads to another. And Jesus began to affect the lives of very key strategic people around the world to a point that here I am sitting with President Clinton later on in the years. And Jesus speaks through the clay again and says, two months from now, there's going to be an issue concerning a lady. It's going to mess up your reputation around the world. But if you would give your heart to Christ Jesus and confess him as your savior, God would forgive you and shut the mouth of the lions. But he's looking at me and I, God could help me by grace to see the thoughts in his mind. I'm trusting on the security apparatus. This thing will not come up. Took it lightly. Walked out of the meeting. Two months later, the phone is ringing. Prophet, we need you in the United States. The president wants to meet you. What's happening? Lewinsky. So one thing after another. And then the issue is, where is my father? So I, I took it on with God. I said, God, I want to meet my father. And God said, you know what? You would meet him before he comes to meet me. You meet him before he dies. But before then, Abba Father, I am in charge, taking care of you. And I'm, up, I'm giving you mentors, Christian leaders that are going to shape and bring the best out of you. So you just take, you just take my word and submit and learn of me. Grow under godly leadership. So God propelled a mentor in my life. And one thing after another, one thing after another, one day I decide in the morning, God, I want to meet my mom. God said, the time is not yet up. She would not even want to meet you. But I insisted. I said, okay, try. I went to where the prostitutes are. From one door to another door. Almost naked and standing. I couldn't see my mom. But after a while, the Holy Spirit said, Bernard, rise up this morning and go look for her. You'll see her this time. So I go and my mom is almost naked, standing at the door. And she was even beckoning on me. She, she would see me on TV... But she didn't want anybody to, to know that I, I was the son. But when she saw me face to face, she couldn't recognize me. She was telling me to come in. And I remember the pain I felt. I said, Mom, it's me. It's Ben. It's Bernard. Here, look. I said, no, go away. Don't come here. Move away. Don't come here. I don't want anybody to know. Go. It took me one year, two months of prayer 
and waiting on God and trusting God for my mom to be willing to see me, to sit and talk with me. I brought her home. That was a major, dif a difficult mountain to climb, trying to get through my mom. She would sit the whole day and not talk. She would bow her, her head. She would never look up and look in my eyes and talk to me. It was very painful. It was very, very humbling. It was crushing. But Jesus still gave me grace to still continue pursuing him until one day my mom looked at me and said, if your Jesus is real, I know beautiful things are happening with you all over the world, but if your Jesus is real, I want him to send somebody somewhere around the world to get me out of this nation for just a week. He, she said that, you know, jokingly. I said, Mom, you sure about that? That same week, Christian missionaries had come to Ghana and uh, they went to where the prostitutes are to try to reach out to them. My mom, not knowing when I go to the office, she would leave and go, go back to, to the same place and practice prostitution. So this Christian missionary meet my mom, ministers to her. She, gives her. she gives her life to Jesus, but she told me later she was joking. She was trying to say something to make them happy. And the missionary looked at my mom and said, Mom, you know, when we are leaving, we want to come, come with you to England. You come along with us, and we want to stay with you for a week and minister to you, and we will send you back. And my mom was shocked. And they thought, he, she thought they were joking. Within days, they had bought a ticket. They had got, got her visa. So one night, my mom wakes me up and said, Bernard, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. So I lead her to Christ. She gives her life to Jesus. And she's never been to school. I said, Mom, you're going to learn how to read and write. He said, it's too late. I'm 50 years old. I said, no, Mom, it's not too late. So I blocked all my schedule. We do 40 countries every year. But I said, God, this particular year, no 40 countries, no traveling. It's for my mom. So I took time and started teaching her how to read and write. S-O-S-O-T-O-2 and, and started helping her the concept of mathematics helping her to understand she wrote her first primary school exams when she was 52 years and passed with distinction at 56 she wrote her high school exams and passed at 60 she wrote her first degree in business management and passed today she has a PhD in business management never been to school Jesus Christ. Jesus. The Redeemer. The Sanctifier. The Repairer of Broken Lives. Now she's building a school that will sit 7,000 children and none of the children will pay fees. They're going to have the best form of education. The project is almost 50% through. In the next two and a half years, that project will be through. From one thing to another, God began to do tremendous things through this clay. As we speak right now, we have 7,014 children that are in schools and are connected to families. We have linked them with families. They are living with families that have their fees paid, their clothes and everything taken care of every month. We spend millions of U.S. dollars every year 
to make sure this is running. And this year, before the end of the year, we are trusting God to double that amount. We double the number. We want to reach 14,000 children. And it's not only in Africa. We have them in, in different parts of Europe. We have them in India. We have them in different parts of the world. Jesus can do much more through you. Regardless of how messy your life is. Regardless of how distorted your life is. Mom changed. Mom transformed. I met a lady. Married her. Her name is Jackie. At the honeymoon, she looked at me and said, Honey, I don't have a womb. I said, What? She said, I don't have a womb. I said, God, why didn't you tell me this? We've been in counseling. I mean, how could you hide this? And how couldn't God show it to me? You know, I'm the only child left to rebuild the family tree. They are all dead. I need babies. How can you say you don't have a womb? Now, this is the honeymoon. What? You don't have a womb? I was so angry. I said, what? God, why didn't you? I mean, you show me so much details about people. Why? And I can imagine God saying, because you are not God. The day you know all things, you are God yourself. And I don't have assistance. So I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm so angry and mad. I called my mentor. I said, Dad, I'm disappointed. I'm crying on the phone. And I want to play the blame game. Why didn't you also see it? About my mentor. But he said, Bernard, take it easy. Maybe it's part of the process that God is taking you. Because to him that much is given, much is required. Bernard, God has to kill you before you live to do what he's called you to do. So take it easy. Two days I will not talk to her. Oh yes, I was speaking in tongues still. Born again. But I was so embittered. So disappointed. For all I've been through, how can I fight her? Then all of a sudden... God begin to drop little thoughts, not audibly, little thoughts in my mind. You know what? Is there anything too hard for me? Look at where I brought you from. Look at what you've been through in life. Can't I change this also? And I'm saying, God, don't you get it? She doesn't have a womb of prayer. I was gone. At the hospital, when my eyes opened, my lady was standing next to my bed. I looked at her. I said, you will be pregnant. You, have, you give birth to a, a, a baby girl. Her name will be called Miracle. She looks at me. And the doctor who had done the surgery, because when she was in the world, she did an abortion and lost her womb. The doctor who did that surgery look, was there. So when I said that, they all smiled. The doctor later on brought me aside and said, Bernard, you know, we need to bury this so that you don't rekindle old, old wounds. You can adapt. There are many things you could do that would really feel this emptiness. But don't expect that this would happen. I said, no. She would have a baby. And the baby would be called Miracle. A girl. The doctor said, okay. You know, and we went home. After a while, I realized the features, the physical features of my wife was changing. So I called her. I said, honey, you pregnant. She said, no, 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 no. no. Bernard, let's not start again. 
you know, please let this thing lie. Let, let it go. You know, we can adopt. There are many things we can do, please. And I said, no, you're pregnant. I said, we need to meet the doctor. We need to check it. I said, Bernard, you know, this is going to rekindle your wounds. It's going to really bring a lot of mess. Please, let's not do that. I insisted. We went to the hospital, called the doctor who did the operation. And the doctor, you know, laid hair on the bed and picked up that thing, you know. ultrasound or whatever, you know. Immediately on the screen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah! My God! The devil is a liar. My goodness! Saw a baby dancing in there. Doctor passed out. My wife also passed out. I had to lay my two hands on both of them. Doctor is born again, spirit-filled today. She's, he's one of the elders in Kensington Temple in London, England. Pastor Colin Dice Church. And now we have a baby girl called Miracle, nine years old. <laughs> to Jesus be the glory. My God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Jesus. Jesus. That's it. Three years later, I'm back from traveling. My wife looks at me and said, you know, honey, I want us to visit my mom. I said, not this time. We're going to go tomorrow with gifts. And I left home normally in my country I'm a prisoner in the sense that you can't go out the next day the tabloids will write all kinds of things about you so you, you, you need to go out certain times where people will not ask questions and all that so I'm just walking around and a pastor friend a pastor friend's wife comes home tells my wife please could you see, her, see me up at the shopping mall so she jumped in the car at the shopping mall the shopping mall is close to the mother's house so my wife told the sister, why don't you drive me to the, my mother's house? Let me just say hi. On the way, a car lost its brakes and headed for her car. Bam. There were four ladies in the car. It's only my wife died. Now I had questions. Because we had people raised from the dead in meetings around the world. So now I lay my hands upon her. But God said, Bernard, no. She goes. I had questions. I had questions. I had questions. I had questions. I was embittered. I was hurt. I was bruised. Help the hand of miracle, my daughter. The great God, my wife.
What have I done wrong? When is this going to stop? I believe there's somebody here tonight that needs to know that in spite of the pain and the mistakes, that in spite of the hopeless situation you find yourself in tonight, there's somebody watching that must hear this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you. And regardless of the pain, He will be there. You will come through it all, smiling one day. It's painful for me to share. I hardly do share it. There might be tears in my eyes, but the laughter is seen in many faces around the world, 40 countries each year, that are healed, saved, restored, refreshed, encouraged, renewed. Very painful moment. Miracle heart questions. Is it dead? Why did Jesus take mommy? Thank God for all that he did and all that he's doing and all the beautiful people around the world. He's Positively changing and saving and strengthening and encouraging and providing for and healing. Thank God for all that. But he said, Dad, she's nine years old today, uh, uh, last March, fifth of March. On her birthday, she still had the second question. Dad, why did Jesus take her? almost 3,016 pastors around the world that look up to me for leadership as a mentor. After the funeral, I had to meet all of them and I had questions. I don't understand why. But when they called me at night and said, Bernard, I want to give up the ministry. I'm tired of it. I can understand that. When you tell me my wife walked over me and, and then my family is messed up, I can understand. When they say my child is on drugs, I said, I can understand. All things would work together for good. To them to love God and I'm called according to His purpose. He didn't promise us a smooth flight through life. But he promised us a safe landing. It will all be well when we are still in his hands. Tonight, 
I'm walking again. I'm talking again. I'm trusting again. Jesus can do the same for you. No matter how bad your life is, no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how rotten you think you are, He still can use you. He still can change you. He still can heal you. He still can provide for you. He still can direct you. He still can empower you. He still can flood your mind with heavenly wisdom beyond all your weaknesses and fears and propel you into fulfilling His destiny. There is hope. There is hope tonight. I want to read one scripture as we pray. It's found in John chapter 3. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. John chapter 3. And this is what John chapter 3. Sorry, Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. The book of Luke chapter 3. And as we get ready, Pastor would come and, and receive the offering, and then I'll just wait as God leads to minister to as many. Luke chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother, Philip Tetrarch of Eturian, Triconitis, Lacinius, Tetrarch of Abilion, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the desert. He went into all the country around Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. My brothers and sisters, you realize that there are names mentioned there. Every name that was mentioned there had a title. And these were great men of that day. Even Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. The most precious commodity on the face of the earth is the word of God. Though these men had position, they had titles, they were respected in that day. Somehow, some way, God, I don't know how he did it. He bypassed all these names and all these great people. And he came for John, who was one, who was a child of one of the 40 pastors that were ministering in that particular synagogue. He was not known. He had no title. He, he was nobody. But the word of God bypassed Caesar, bypassed Herod, bypassed Philip. God bypassed all these great people and came to John in the desert. In the desert, there's no clear footpath. Life can be very confusing. In the desert, you have the direct ray of the sun. Life can beat you hard and bad from pole to post. In the desert, there is no, there's a shortage of water. And at times, your life is testy for something only God can feel. Your life is, is testy for something beyond what money can buy. That is a desert. A place of hopelessness. A place where there is no hope. 
But God comes to John in the desert and handed him the most precious commodity that changed the lives of many. My brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter anymore. If the word of God comes to you, all things will change.
Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get you unto your tents, and unto the land of your possession, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses the servant of the Lord charged you, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave unto him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them, and sent them away, and they went unto their tents. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh Moses had given possession of Bashan, but unto the other half thereof gave Joshua among their brethren on this side Jordan westward. And when Joshua sent them away also unto their tents, then he blessed them. And he spake unto them, saying, Return with much riches unto your tents, and with very much cattle, with silver, and with gold, and with brass, and with iron, and with very much raiment. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. And the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned and departed from the children of Israel out of Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go unto the country of Gilead, to the land of their possession, whereof they were possessed according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And when they came unto the borders of Jordan, that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. 
And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them. And the children of Israel sent unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, into the land of Gilead, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest. And with him ten princes of each chief house, a prince throughout all the tribes of Israel. And each one was an head of the house of their fathers among the thousands of Israel. And they came unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, unto the land of Gilead, and they spake with them, saying, Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord, What trespass is this that ye have committed against the God of Israel, to turn away this day from following the Lord, in that ye have builded you an altar, that ye might rebel this day against the Lord? Is the iniquity of Peor too little for us, from which we are not cleansed until this day, although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord? but that ye must turn away this day from following the Lord. And it will be, seeing ye rebel today against the Lord, that tomorrow he will be wroth with the whole congregation of Israel. Notwithstanding, if the land of your possession be unclean, then pass ye over unto the land of the possession of the Lord, wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth, and take position among us. But rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us, in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel, and that man perished not alone in his iniquity? Then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel, The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knoweth, and Israel he shall know. If it be in rebellion, or if in transgression against the Lord, save us not this day." that we have built us an altar to turn from following the Lord, or if to offer thereon burnt offering or meat offering, or if to offer peace offerings thereon, let the Lord himself require it. And if we have not rather done it for fear of this thing, saying, In time to come your children might speak unto our children, saying, What have ye to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you. Ye children of Reuben and children of Gad, ye have no part in the Lord. So shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, Let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering, nor for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between us and you, and our generations after us, that we might do the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, and with our sacrifices, and with our peace offerings, that your children may not say to our children in time to come, Ye have no part in the Lord. Therefore said we, that it shall be when they should say so to us or to our generations in time to come, that we may say again, Behold the pattern of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifices, but it is a witness between us and you. God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings, for meat offerings, or for sacrifices beside the altar of the Lord our God that is before his tabernacle. And when Phinehas, the priest, and the princes of the congregation, and heads of the thousands of Israel, which were with him, heard the words that the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the children of Manasseh spake, it pleased them. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, said unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because ye have not committed this trespass against the Lord. 
Now ye have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar the priest, and the princes returned from the children of Reuben, and from the children of Gad, out of the land of Gilead, unto the land of Canaan, to the children of Israel, and brought them word again. And the thing pleased the children of Israel, and the children of Israel blessed God, and did not intend to go up against them in battle, to destroy the land wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar Ed, for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. Chapter 23 And it came to pass, a long time after that, the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age, and Joshua called for all Israel, and for their elders, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off even unto the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you, and drive them from out of your sight. And ye shall possess their land, as the Lord your God hath promised you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, Neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they to you, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until ye perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all good things are come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things, until he have destroyed you from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. When ye have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given unto you. Chapter 24. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also, and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt, according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen into the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And ye went over Jordan, and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them. Of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwell in the land. Therefore we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt, and consume you. After that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and took a great stone, and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, 
lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-Sirah, which is in Mount Ephraim, in the north side of the hill of Gash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem, in a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for an hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar the son of Aaron died, and they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phinehas his son, which was given him in Mount Ephraim. Even though we get the seed, they got the inheritance, the land which God promised. But yet, they still had issues. Somebody in there still had a problem to build an altar unto other gods. Uh, they would say they were going to do this and do that, and then when the time come, it would come up to be something else. But I'm here to tell you this morning, we got to stay with God. I don't care what come your way. Because the promises he made to you are forever and amen. I'm telling you the truth. Nobody can take what he gave to you. Now, if you got it yourself and he didn't give it to you, oh, yeah, they can take it. But if God gives something to you, nobody, house, car, truck, I don't care what job, I don't care what it is. He will put that supervisor away from there before you leave because he gave that job to you. And the only way you give it up is you don't want it no more. Well, I don't care. I don't want it no more. I'm through. Then somebody else can have it. But as long as you want it, no one else can get it. It's yours. This is the way God is. He don't give and just take back for no reason. You have to show him signs that you don't want it anymore. And then he, he can release you from it. Hallelujah. But I thank God that we are learning to obey him. We are learning what his word said is true. And that's what we want to do. What he said. Because if we obey what he said, what God has said, guess what? We are going to be some blessed people. We're going to have more than we thought we needed. Yes, much more. Almighty God is faithful unto us. Yes, he is. And he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He would be with us until the end. But we got to believe it. We must believe it. And when things come our way, we look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and the earth. We're not running nowhere else but to God. I can't run over to the palm reader. I know I'm not going to those kind of people. I'm not even seeking after the prophet. Because unless God give it to the prophet, he don't have it. I'm running straight to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he take my petition to the Father. And I always believe because the Son bring it, and he know his Son is not going to bring no foolishness to the Father. So when God bring my petition before God, God going to not only hear, but he's going to answer. 
Hallelujah. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord that we are learning to obey God at any cost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to obey him. Because the, the only thing it do when we obey him is cause us to be blessed. Anybody want to be blessed this morning? Anybody want those uncommon blessings? Miracles. Hallelujah. Look, got one um, check in the mail and then get another thing to send back for a different thing. Because in 2008, all my stuff fell on the ballot. And uh, they sent me some stuff to send back that I may be able to recover some things. Cash, money, you know, I like that kind of thing. And so I'm just grateful unto the Lord for uncommon miracles, uncommon blessings. Some things we pray for, it take a while. But God is in the multiplying blessing business, addition of subtraction. He know what to remove that shouldn't be there. He know how to subtract from what we don't need. Yeah, that which is in there that we don't need, he'll subtract it, throw it in the sea of never returning again. How about that? And I'm grateful unto him this morning that he can do all of these things for us if we have the faith, if we can trust. I know sometimes things staring us in our face, face, and look like it's not going to move. It's not going to change. But we got to realize we're not just standing, but we're standing on the word of God. And after standing, we're standing some more on the word of God. That's your foundation. Yeah. I like reading through the New Testament a lot. And uh, it takes that Second Peter. Ooh, that Second Peter do me good. The book of James, all of them, all of them. But the book of James, Colossians, Philippians, yeah, it'll teach us some stuff that we need to walk in every day. See, the whole 66 is for us to walk in. The old was written for our learning. And I learned from Joshua how to obey God, because what God told Joshua to obey him, to, to be of a good coverage, you know, go go in with me, go in knowing I'm your God and nothing can fail because I'm sending you and I'm with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah, we can't take these books for granted. Not a one of them. Yeah. And I thank God that I have you with me that we can read through it together. For me, that makes it a little bit better. Yeah, some people say things go better with coke, but brothers and sisters go better with reading the Bible together for me. Yeah, I like all that kind of carrying on. And afterwards, like right now, anybody have something they would like to say about Joshua or what the testimony of the day was with the man who went through all the trouble, but at the end, he was blessed and his daughter lost his wife and everything. Job said, though it tarry, I'm going to wait for it. He went through. Job really went through. But he learned to trust God. He learned to keep faith, hope in God. The wise people come and told him, you ought to cuss your, die, your God and die. 
Say, woman, you sound like a fool. I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that when God is going to deliver? It won't always be like this. I know Job was thinking on that thing. God is protecting that which concerning you. Sooner or later, it'll work in your favor. He's turning it around for you, around for you. Today, ah, around for you. God's turning it around for you. Yeah, he can turn it around many times until it line up with what works best for you. He can turn it around, hallelujah, until it lines up with what works best for you. Anybody ever been to the casino and played the slot machine? Matter of fact, I don't know what I did with it. I had a a slot machine bank somewhere. I don't know where I put it. When you put your coins in there and you pull the lever down, either you're going to get three straight answers of the same, which make you a winner, or you may get two answers and one off. And sometimes that's the way it appears with us. Sometimes we get all three wrong. Neither one are the same. Then there's that one time we pull that lever and all three come up the same. It's God's perfect timing. It's the timing that nothing will come back to hunt you off what he did. There's a thing called too early, too soon. Too late. God does not move too early. He don't move too soon. And he's never too late. He's always a perfect God that's on time. Yeah. We just got the case and see that he's good this morning. Hallelujah. Case and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. He's for us. He loves us. He made us because it pleased him. He sent his only son to die for us, that his blood, our unstained precious blood, would do the work for us. He found a way to redeem us back to him through his son's blood, the perfect son, the son without sin. He did all of this for us because he loved us. And if we could just work on loving God, just work on loving God, when I tell you we would be more than blessed. I tell him, Lord, I want to love you. Teach me how to love you, Father. And strengthen me as I go through the lesson to learn to love you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy this morning. He is so worthy today. Of all, We can't give him enough for what he has done for us. Every time I turn around, he keep on blessing me. Every time I look around, he keeps on blessing me. He didn't have to allow me to live to get to 66. He could have took me out a long time ago. 
but he had a purpose and a plan and a system for my life. I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. I want to work under him daily. If he blessed me to live to get 90 years old, I want to be clothed in the right mind, great use and activity of my limbs, and I want to talk of his wondrous works daily and make known his deeds among the people. That's my life. All my life, that's what I want to do and prepare for his return because he's coming back for us. Look what he did. He's blessing us with the inheritance. He's blessing us with the promises. But we want to be for him and not against him. We don't want to use him, which we can't anyway. But we don't want to go to these places thinking this is what we're trying to do. Some Sometimes we're trying to do it and we don't even know we're trying to use God. Can't use him. He's not like people. So we want to give him our whole heart, all that we can give him, and do what he says. And rest assured, you ain't gotta you ain't gotta really do nothing, just rest assured the inheritance yours are coming straight to you. Nobody can stop it. Nobody can take what God has for you. What's for you is for you. And your inheritance is coming. Yeah. It's on the way. Jesus, I am happy, 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 happy to have the blessings of the Lord come in my way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Listen, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free today to press that number one and come in and uh, share with us. It could be about the testimony of that man. It could be about Joshua. Feel free. want to say this, uh, too. My mind is on it because, you know, sometimes you'll forget. I want to see if we can do T-shirts for $29 each and see if you can talk to somebody in your neighborhood, on the job, at your church, we are trying to raise some funds, and would you uh, buy a T-shirt from me to support me? If each one of us took five shirts and each one of us sold five shirts, that would be a great blessing. I know we have five more than five family members. Some of us have many more than five friends, more than five coworkers, or wherever you go. And just ask each person that you can, maybe a stranger, hey, would you buy a T-shirt from me? We're trying to raise funds. And tell them what it's for. It's to help people. You know, it's to help people who come to Jesus in the Morning Radio talk show because we have people that from time to time they in dire straits. And so we want to be a blessing to these people who support Jesus in the morning radio by coming faithfully or whatever you tell them, you know. So if each one of us sold five t-shirts, we'll be winners. Yeah. I don't want to put it on the website, which let me make that note again today because I think I put that in my purse yesterday. Uh, 
I got some on there, but uh, I need to update it. Yeah, and put these t-shirts on there. I think I might, people love mugs too. I might put the mugs on there too. Some mugs and uh, candles or something like that to see how well that goes. And just leave it on the uh, website. And that way anybody want to purchase outside of us, you know, who heard about it. And at the time, they didn't have the money to purchase. But they said, when I get some money, I'm going to remember them. And I'm going to buy a T-shirt, a mug, or whatever from them. Yeah, because I've done that before. I didn't have it right then. But I said, you know what? I'm going to get one of these this or that. And uh, I know that will you know, be a little bit of blessing for them. Wait no little blessing, big blessing for him, you know, because I remember to do it. So I'm grateful unto the Lord. I talked to um, Minister Robin Nan Mavin uh, yesterday, and uh, I think his name, I don't even call his name, last name Davis. But anyway, um, we might celebrate Jesus in the morning anniversary on Thursday, the 9th, because on the 10th, I have, well, we could do it Friday. We could do it Friday. And I'll celebrate the anniversary this coming Friday, August the 10th, just that one day this year. And uh, Friday, I go to check on the cataracts to see if I need cataract surgery or if these are indeed cataracts, she said she want to look I had gone to one doctor, but she wanted to give a second opinion, so I'm going to another one on Friday. So uh, let's think about these things and um, see how it goes, because according to what we have to pay for the T-shirts, too, you know, and everything has gone up. She quoted me $500, and I forgot how many, but I'm going to look back over the text, and that way I'll be able to, you know, tell you every day. But uh, keep that in prayer, our fundraisers. And this uh, this Saturday, I was going to be on the corner of 103rd and Blandon, but I have to go up to the prison on Saturday because Sunday I have to be in Mayport, Mayport Beach. So I'm going to the prison on Saturday because I didn't go last Sunday. I was coming out of Orlando. And on Sunday, I'll go over to Mayport to talk to a pastor, which he came and supported me before with the Fourth Sunday Fellowship, but I hadn't been able to get a hold of him by phone. So what I want to do is go, and one of his older members recommend this to go and talk to him in person. And so I will. And then the following Saturday, I think I just take all of what I have to the flea market. And uh, it's hot out there, but I got my neck air conditioner. So I think I sit out there all day and uh, with my sign and see what I can do uh, as far as fundraising. Because this is what we want to do. It takes something to get something. And not that I can't ask people or not that I can't even look for a grant. But the thing of it is, I want to work for this and uh, do it. And I believe people respect you more when you work and to show them you're not just after my money, but you're going to give me something for my money. Yeah. 
the world especially. Now, the believer knows that if you give, it's coming back because God loves a cheerful giver. But the world don't understand that. And then a lot of church people, if they're doing for the church, that's all they're going to do. Now, they'll come and get all they can out of other places. And when they die straight, they'll come and hang out. But once they've been healed, they'll move on. And it's okay. It's okay. We're not, we're not that kind of church over here. We're not those kind of people over here. We thank God that we can be a blessing to others. We thank God. And we keep it moving. Yeah. So I wanted to share that this morning and uh, let you know the studio is open. And uh, I thank God for each and every one. And uh, that Dr. Goodman and Irene and Jerry, I thank God uh, that y'all love me. I thank God for you, Fion, and all uh, my buddy, yeah, Pastor Daly, Anthony. Yeah, I thank God for each of Minister Shonda. Yeah, I thank God for that love. The love to send me a drink, honey, <laughs> with just a few grams of sugar, and I can have it every day if I want to, twice a day, three times if I want to. Crush my ice up, pull my thing over there, put it in my uh, bullet, and guess what it do? It makes me a slushy. Yeah, I'm balling out of control. With my drinking thing. God is faithful. God is faithful. And uh, today I'm on basically greens and I'm going to eat a little yellow and maybe a little purple. So today it'll be green, uh, yellow squash, um, eggplant. Yeah, I'm mixing the colors up today. And I, I will have that. And I thank God I, that I can. And then I may change the mind and just have my drink. Uh, that Minister Shonda uh, turned me on to. I may just have that and just sit back, you know, and get some work done. I got some stuff to do for Margaret, and uh, I got to call Sister Samoa back today. Y'all keep her lifted in prayer. And uh, I was so tired, oh man, yesterday evening, and I wanted to get back to several people, but I had to write them, can I do it tomorrow? Can I, can I talk with you tomorrow? Can I talk with... Because by the end of yesterday, I was through this. Yeah. Uh, uh, like you have jet lag, I guess that, that ride lag and driving lag set in on me. So I had to get me some rest last night. And uh, I, I still went to bed fairly late in my book. I went uh, after nine. So for me, that was fairly late. But uh, I thank God. I thank God this morning for all he has done. I want to say good morning to you, Sister Dr. Goodman. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. Good morning to you, Pastor David. Good morning to you, uh, Sister Samoa. And good morning to you, Sion. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, my God baby, Laura. God bless you, Laura. God bless you. We just waiting on the Lord to do what he's going to do. Uncommon blessings. And miracles coming your way. We just tell him thank you. Yeah, you're about to receive your inheritance. Uh-huh. And look, you may not know where it's coming from. He don't always tell us, well, I'm I'm going to bless you with uh, $100,000. He don't always tell us that. We, we find out I'm okay with that. <laughs> as long as I know Almighty God sent it my way. 
Hallelujah. Because he wants us to be happy. He died so we could have abundant life. Jesus come that we might have abundant life. Might have life and life abundantly. Huh? Woo! I thank him for it. I thank him for it. Hallelujah. So look, let's go to this one. Um, and uh, when we come back, the studio is still open. <laughs>
to love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the Gator. Gator band, leaning on the everlasting arms. We thank God today that we can lean on him. He never break. He won't give in. He don't get tired. Uh, and he don't turn us away. So we're thankful unto him this morning. I have quite a bit to get down. I'm looking around on the desk right now thinking, mm, yeah, quite a bit to get down today. And I will. I'm working on the fourth Sunday fellowship too. Uh, that's August the 27th, and it would be back at Atlanta Beach, Florida, uh, the fourth Sunday this month. And I'm telling you, if you're in that Jacksonville area and you can really get there this month, you really want to come because there would be some great speakers and there would be some great uh, choirs and bands. And, yeah, they gave me their word. So um, I'm looking forward to it. My godson, Antonio Thomas. I'm looking for him to come and speak. And uh, I like the way this young man speaks. I like the way he walks on the side of the pulpit and put his hand in his pocket. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that do me some good. Because he's going to get clocked on up, then he cranked on up. Yeah, he started on up. And so we thank God. We thank God. I give God glory and honor and praise for uh, giving me the strength and the use of my limbs to get things done. And uh, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. I would say, oh, you can't do this. But God showed me, oh, yes, you can get it done. Yeah. And I need you to walk more. So I'm going to do a little bit of walking down on the river, not too far from my house. Maybe, what, five, six miles from my house. I'm going to do a little walking on the river with my umbrella. Yeah. I'm going to have my walking outfit on like Lovey Howard on Gilligan's Island. Lovey had an outfit for every every situation, every opportunity. Lovey had her outfit on. And so I'm going to get her walk outfit and a hat. I, I got one, but I'm going to get another hat and my umbrella and uh, walk down on the board. And you know, a light colored umbrella to me um keep the sun away better the way it's angled, the way I'll be going. So uh, I thank God for that. And uh, y'all pray for me with the walking. Just pray for me, period. I can listen to prayers. And uh, we thank God this morning. And uh, Sister Cindy, remember her, that Sister Irene daughter. We want to keep Cindy lifted up in prayer today and keep Sherry and Louie lifted up in prayer. Yeah. They stand in the need today, and we want to stand in the gap of them praying and, you know, talking to the Lord about their situation. And so I'm grateful unto the Lord. So, look, if no one else has anything they would like to say, we'll probably be out of here by 930 or a little past. So I'm going to pray, and uh, when I come back, I'll just pray. i play the last song of the morning. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for all that has been said and done. Thank you for the testimony this morning. You are almighty God who have all power. There's no higher power than yours. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy for us. Thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, but Father, you'll be with us until the end. You said we're the head and not the tail. 
We're above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. You said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Ah, oh, thank you this morning. We can look to the hills and look unto you from which cometh our help. Father, all our help comes from you. You made the heavens and the earth. We can't do anything without you. We need you daily. And Father, we know you know the things that we want. You know our heart's desires, the things that we really want. Move today in a mighty way for the desires of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us today. Touch and heal our bodies today. Make us stronger than we've ever been in the name of Jesus. Lord, just like this man with his testimony, it looked like that his life would have been impossible. But you sent a mother along, all who loved him and who could teach him because you are loved. And then after she was gone, you yet honored your word. You spoke it and it came to pass. And God, do it for us today. Let your word come to pass for us. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let your uncommon blessings come to pass in our lives. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. But, Lord, every time we get your blessing, it just feels so good, hallelujah, to get these things because we know only you could supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you this morning. So, Father, as we depart, bless our going out, bless our coming in, continue to meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, we ask it all. In Jesus' name, remember Sister Samoa today, Lord. Bring peace, and Lord, it can heal today. Open her understanding and make things clear for her, God, in the name of Jesus. Don't let nothing confuse her. Don't let her have no doubt. But, God, she'll remember to trust you with all her heart and lean not to her own understanding. In all your ways, she'll acknowledge you. And, Father, you'll direct her path. Help her to remember what Joshua said and help her to go back to Joshua chapter 1, Father, and take a look around and give her understanding in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless Sherry today. Lord, we are asking that you would please heal that eye. Bring it to 2020 vision. Both eyes, oh God. We know you're able. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch and heal Louis, whatever he's going through. God, moved by your spirit for him today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and I ask that you would do it for each and every caller. And, Father, this faithful few this morning, Lord, I ask that you would send uncommon miracles their ways. Today, oh God, their way in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory and honor. Lord, we give you all the praise, and we ask it all again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So we're going to our last song of the morning. And uh, after this song, I won't be coming back. God bless you today. I thank God for you. And uh, we're going to keep uh, praying for one another. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God. I thank God. Thank you, Jesus.
Celebration 